Hello, this is Jake Wolf. And this is Sam Elkins, and you're listening to the Film, Video Game, and Other Entertainment Podcast, where you can escape from those Spider-Man No Way Home spoilers. Why do people feel the need to tweet them the second they watch the movie? <laughs> I, yeah, I got spoiled by YouTube, Ugh. so <laughs> it's it's everywhere. Everywhere. Well, in case that didn't give you any idea, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. It's here. We're going to go into... Pretty much a full analysis of it. I think the way the hype was centered around this movie, we kind of felt like cramming a lot of other things in and planning on it uh, would not be a good bet. So we're going to be talking pretty much primarily about Spider-Man No Way Home, and then we'll have some miscellaneous updates kind of there towards the end. You can check the timestamps down in the description if you want to skip the uh, spoiler-heavy portion of Spider-Man No Way Home, and just kind of hear the entertainment updates. Welcome to The Digital Forest. So it's here. It's finally here, folks. We've been talking about this movie for months, and we finally got to see it. I'm sure most of you did as well. I was honestly, when I was sitting there in the theater, I, I couldn't believe that it was actually happening because I felt like this had become such a like yeah a point of mm-hmm. like a uh, I can't think of the words I'm trying to say. It had become like it was mythical almost. It was so mystical. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it was so like mythical mm-hmm. that I I almost didn't feel like it would actually ever happen. Yeah, honestly, it was so funny. The day that I went to see it, uh, throughout the whole day, I was driving as cautiously as possible because I was like, I feel like I'm gonna get into a car accident, and then I was like thinking, I was like, I. I can only imagine, like, I'll be watching the movie, and then I'll get so excited, my heart will start beating so fast, and then I'll have a heart attack and die right as the movie's (laughs) about to start. Yeah, I was sitting in the theater, like, convinced it wasn't going to happen. And maybe that has something to do psychologically with the idea that I don't believe I should ever be happy. (laughs) Yeah, maybe that's it, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, maybe the rest of you didn't have that (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we just need, you know, therapy or something. Um, yeah, well, in case for some reason you haven't seen it yet and you are just a master of avoiding spoilers yeah. because it feels like at this point Marvel is just letting it all fly loose. Yeah, it's all over. Um, we're going to start off with a non-spoiler like review, thoughts of it, um, and then we'll go into a spoiler discussion. We'll make sure to tell you when we're going to start the spoiler discussion, and you can check the timestamps down in the description if you're worried about it. I'll make sure to label it there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We will not spoil it until we spoil it, but we'll let you know before we spoil it. As much as we can. As, I, I think I saw a tweet from Cosmonaut Marcus yeah. where uh, people were asking him to make a non-spoiler review. Yeah, and, he's and he like, said it would essentially be the music was yeah, good. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, like, what do you want me to talk about? Um, so non-spoiler thoughts. Very enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a fun movie. It's about as fun as, like... Actually, I take that back. I thought it was more fun than kind of the recent Marvel movies. Yeah. Like Shang-Chi and um, 
Eternals. Oh, Eternals. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. It was definitely a lot more fun. Uh, it felt, it felt much bigger as well, even though it was like still kind of a contained story, you know? Right. Um, right. Yeah. And it, it also, you know, as you can tell from the trailer, there's a big CGI fights. That's Marvel staple. Yes. But at the same time, it, as opposed to Shang-Chi and Eternals, where those are trying to, you know, build characters and stuff, mm-hmm. it kind of maintained that same, like, small charm that the past two movies did. So yeah. if you were going into it looking for that kind of lighthearted charm, yeah. I mean, it is there. Yeah. And the the core trio of, you know, Ned, MJ, and Peter, they're, they're always just, like, fun when they're around each other. And there's a lot of right. stuff with those three in this movie so you really just get to kind of, you know, hang out with them and, and see them kind of, you know, plotting together and, and you know, all this sort of stuff that's that, that was like really fun in the past, you know, few films, you know, like Ned right, is the guy right. in the chair sort of stuff, you know. Right. Um, and, you know, there's definitely they definitely follow up on Far From Home with the mm-hmm. romance between. Um, Peter and MJ. So, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. If you liked all those core elements, yes, you know, the, then they're all there. They're all there. They're absolutely all there. And then they're also ex- just expanding upon the world that we're seeing. Um, you know, with the multiverse getting involved, there's a lot of multiverse exposition, uh, which I thought was done in a in a, a really good way. Um, it didn't really feel super exposition heavy. It was definitely stuffed to the brim. This movie was stuffed with, with characters, with, with villain, you know, with, uh, it was with, with all everything they were trying to do. But I think it handled it in a really, really, um, a really good way. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, to kind of go back tonally, while it still has a lot of that kind of, you know, lighthearted charm, Mm -hmm. this is definitely, a much darker movie. Yes. So I would really prep yourself at least to, to understand that. Yes. Well, the charm is still there. There is definitely a tonal shift. Yes, definitely a tonal shift. And it's very, um, it's very emotional for sure. Um, you know, multiple, you know, crying moments. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so prepare yourself for that. But it, yeah, my younger brother Liam, he saw it with mm-hmm. me, and he cried five times. Oh, Liam! Throughout the movie. Yeah, no, I did too. Honestly, I I don't know if it was exactly five times. I'm not, you know that. I cried know. zero times because I'm a man. Oh, all right. <laughs> There's another indication that you might need some therapy. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I think I cried zero times because mm-hmm. I was on Lexapro. Ah, uh, yeah. I I cried I, I cried a handful of times. I don't know how many, but um, I saw this movie three times, and I cried in every single time I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying I was. I'm joking. Oh, I mean, it's a very yeah. emotional movie. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we jest. We jest. Um, yeah, not to be an asshole here. Yeah. Gosh. Wow, you cried. Oh. Jeez, man. Oh, wow, someone's a pussy. Can't believe you said that on the air. Yeah, honestly, just outing yourself. Uh, so, what else non-spoilery stuff can we say about it? Yeah, like, it's tough. It's tough. I would say, you know, 
if you're on the fence about seeing it and you like anything Marvel or anything Spider-Man, yeah. like even a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, any of like the past Spider-Man movies, mm-hmm. go see it. You'll have a good time. Yes. Um, if you're looking for something to go see uh, just to kill time, it's also a good time. Mm-hmm. So it's not boring. No. There's never a moment that's really slow. No, not really at all. It does. It definitely um, doesn't you, drag. It clips along at a really good, a really good pace. Right, and if you are a fan of any of these properties, I think you're really gonna love it. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Even just like a, a you know a, a a side fan, this is this is this is the this is peak MCU right here. There there are moments in yeah. this movie that are the best of any Marvel movie I've seen. So definitely yes, check that check it out if you're still on the fence yeah do we want to get into the spoiler talk all right let's do it spoiler alert spoiler alert um if you care about spoilers if you haven't seen the movie which it feels like everybody in the world has already seen it uh but if you haven't then (laughs) whether by choice or accidentally on youtube right exactly but uh (laughs) so we're getting into the spoilers now um, I feel like the first thing we got to talk about when we talk about the spoilers is the thing that we've been talking about for months. Do you agree, Jake? So Toby and Andrew, Toby and fucking Andrew. So, yeah. Okay. I, I would like to expand on my YouTube story. Mm-hmm. This is like the day I'm about to, or day before, I think uh-huh. maybe that I'm about to see the movie. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and I'm kind of cleaning my room, and when I clean my room, I have like YouTube videos on in the background uh-huh. because I can't be alone with my thoughts. Oh, in silence. absolutely, absolutely not. <laughs> um, and so I'm just letting it play through some videos, and I thought YouTube was safe, mm-hmm. especially because I wasn't searching for it. Yeah, and I was, I think I was watching like documentary videos. Oh my god, I wasn't even watching Spider-Man. <laughs> stuff. It had nothing to do with it. Yeah, and so um, I'm cleaning, and you know, a, a video kind of switches on. And I kind of hear like the Doctor Strange like portal, uh, and I look at my computer screen and I see Toby's old ass walking out, and I go, "You got to be fucking kidding me, really!" Uh, oh my I'm, gosh, <laughs> the biggest uh, moment in the movie, uh, and I'm here, completely spoiled. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. I yeah. I uh, was also spoiled. So like before the movie came out. I just wanted to know one thing. I just wanted to know if Toby and Andrew were in the movie. That's all I wanted to know. I didn't want any other spoilers because I right. didn't... that way you could focus on the movie. Exactly. I didn't want to have to be thinking about it the whole time. And so I found out, yes, they're in the movie and then boom, done. No more spoilers, whatever. Then I'm scrolling on my Twitter and I'm on my, uh, you know, there's a section. It's, it's a for you. And then based on whatever you know their algorithm what i've clicked on they have different topics and so for the past few months one of the the two main topics have been toby Maguire, andrew garfield whatever so i'm just scrolling you know and it's typically just uh you know popular (laughs) tweets about them first thing i see is a video and it's all of us it's uh it's tom holland picking up the glider to slam into green goblin's chest oh, and then toby no. mcguire catches it and i scrolled so quickly <laughs> <laughs> thankfully i didn't i didn't like 
you know, I didn't know any context for this. I didn't know what I didn't couldn't quite tell. Well, I could tell what he was picking up. That, that's yeah, true. I, I, say, say. Tell. I convinced myself I couldn't tell. Right, exactly. But it was like I didn't know when that was happening. You know, if that was in the middle of the movie, end of the movie, you know, kind of a thing. And so it wasn't until it actually happened. That I was like, oh, OK, so this is the climax of the movie. OK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Cool. All right. Fuck me. Um, yeah, exactly. But. I think that Andrew. How do you think their performances all were? I think they were great. I think Toby. I, I've heard a lot of people, uh, mostly just people I know, kind of talk about how they thought that Toby Maguire wasn't that great, like mm-hmm. acting wise. But I kind of feel like he's always been more of an understated Peter Parker. You know, like soft spoken. Um, right more like like contemplating i feel like toby mcguire did a great job but i also feel like when you're acting next to andrew fucking garfield it's kind of tough because andrew garfield was incredible like his he had a a like a semi-small role in this movie but like Mm -hmm. he was absolutely top three best things about this movie for me Right. No, I agree. And, and, you know, my brother and I had a debate about this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think Andrew Garfield's definitely the better actor. I, for the longest time, thought he was the best actor out of the three. Mm -hmm. This movie has really kind of changed my view of Tom Holland Mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I... We can get into that a little later. I don't know where I stand on them. Yeah. But in terms of, like, him and Toby... Andrew is objectively the better actor. Yes. Like, that's not in debate. No. Um, however, I think it's hard to say that, like, oh, somebody did a better job than, than didn't. Because I think they were all trying to serve different purposes. Yeah, exactly. It's it's So, like, it, Toby wasn't trying to be that kind no. of Spider-Man. No, exactly. I think when people say that, it's, it's tough. Because, like, inherently, I think a lot of people, especially Americans just kind of want you know they, they kind of think in terms of winners and losers you know so it's like right. oh yeah you know a- andrew garfield was the better actor out of the two but it, yeah you know you're right they're like they're not trying to out act each other they're i think they interacted very well i think that they each served their roles perfectly and andrew's right was just a more emotional role because he has more you know more recently experienced that immense loss, you know, whereas right. Tobey Maguire, I mean, obviously we don't know exactly what's happened since, you know, the, the movies were made with their characters, but you know, Tobey right. Maguire, his big loss was uncle Ben, but you know, we already saw him process that and, you know, sort of move on. Right. Well, and, and I, I thought a lot about this when I was kind of trying to think how I could put the whole Andrew and Toby thing mm-hmm. into words. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the other thing that Toby suffers from, which isn't really his fault, is, you know, Toby Maguire worked so well in a movie, in movies, where, you know, Sam Raimi at the height of his career had complete artistic control. I mean, Sam Raimi's visions for movies are just different. You yeah. know, they're campy, mm-hmm. they're... They're cheesy in a way that's not the same kind of MCU no, cheesy. No, yeah. Where um, Andrew Garfield, you know, he Sony's hands were really in that. So he, I think, had an easier transition to kind of the tone of these Tom Holland movies. Yeah. Where Toby really, he didn't have the same kind of 
ease of transition just because mm-hmm. the movies feel different you go back and watch those sam raimi movies they don't feel like the same movies no. as mcu no, or not even, even amazing spider-man not movies. even close yeah no i totally agree they definitely have a diff yeah the camp in the original raimi trilogy is something that i think a lot of people forget about when they talk about those movies and then every time they right. go back, I see a lot of people like, oh, I just went back and rewatched these movies. Why did I ever like them? They're so cheesy. It's awful. And it's like, yeah, no, that's it's like that was the point. That's the whole point. Yeah. It's supposed to be campy because like it's it's kind of harking, harken, harkening, harking. What's the word? It's calling back to, you know, how comic books kind of started out they were cheesy yeah the original stan lee steve ditko run exactly and you know a lot more about that than i do but i mean even i know that those were campy those were cheesy but i digress yeah i mean and and it's also tough because on the comment of oh i don't go back i don't know why i ever liked these it's really impossible to say things like that in a world where like the mcu exists yeah (laughs) where you have to understand that like predating those spider-man movies what we had was batman and robin right (laughs) you know what i mean yeah exactly there we there weren't there wasn't much in the way of comic book movies that was you know super successful that yeah that the the studio's actually like took a chance on there is no mcu without the raimi trilogy right just like there's no mcu without 1989's batman yeah exactly exactly yeah um but yes i do think andrew garfield did very well Mm -hmm. you know i my first watch through i thought okay andrew garfield stole the show right Mm -hmm. my second watch through you may disagree with me I think Willem Dafoe stole the show. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I thought Willem Dafoe was just like peak. I mean, when I was when I was watching it, it was everything I loved about his performance mm-hmm. in Spider-Man 1. He just expanded on. Mm-hmm. He just felt like the character. Mm-hmm. That scene where um the the scene where Peter has his spidey sense and he doesn't know what's going on when he's in the condo with all the villains and he's walking around that scene and and into the fight with goblin that might be my favorite scene of the entire movie because that scene was just so well done and then once you know he's like norman's on sabbatical honey like oh my right you know like that that i was it's just like, it's i was cheering his ability well his ability like I mean willem dafoe's ability to make norman and the goblin both so distinctly yes. different characters yes but they're also it's also not stupid yes you know what i mean yes I feel like there's no other actor that could sell that as well as Willem Dafoe did. And then that that moment when, it, you know, in that same scene, but later on when Peter is on top of Goblin and he's, like, just punching him in the face repeatedly and then he just, like, laughs. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That, that was so hype. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to say it. That whole, that whole exchange really... Yeah solidified for me that like the goblin is truly his biggest adversary mm-hmm. i i just i thought that was that exceeded my expectations immensely i i was worried you know before about how they were going to utilize these villains because 
you know, we didn't really see hardly any of them in the trailer outside of a few little quips, you know. Um, right. And so I was like, I feel like, you know, they could easily just kind of, you know, underutilize them or just kind of vaguely utilize them. But like, no, they I feel like they they did really well with Doc Ock and Goblin. And then mm-hmm. I think Electro was decent. Uh, just because Jamie Foxx is, uh, you know, pun intended, electric. Um, right. But I feel like Sandman and Lizard were kind of kind of weak. No, Sandman and Lizard sucked. Yeah. But it was one of those things where somebody had to suck. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, those were the two for them to suck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I could accept um, that. And, you know, I've seen a lot of criticism with... Uh, Jamie Foxx's Electro. He's not the same character as he was in Amazing Spider-Man 2. He acts nothing like oh, he did yeah, in that no, movie. Oh, yeah. No, no. And I, I just watched it recently, so it's especially jarring. Yeah. <laughs> and I get that, but it was one of those things that they had to switch. Yeah. Because he he, he didn't work. He didn't work in that in the Amazing Spider-Man 2. Like, it didn't it didn't work well. And so I think in this movie, right. he, he worked a lot, a lot more. Um, but I would agree that it was still... I mean, he did, it, he was kind of one note, you know, like... I think they should have made him look the same. I don't think they should have, like, made him cool and give yeah, him a makeover. Yeah, I know. I, I was like... I My thinking is... I bet a lot of this... So, you know, Sandman was sand all the time, but in the Raimi movie, he could go back and forth. Um, right. So my thinking is this was a scheduling thing. They made no Thomas Hayden Church couldn't be there. Yeah, exactly. So Thomas Hayden Church couldn't be there, so they had to just do voice with, you know, the sand. But Jamie Foxx right. could be there, so they wouldn't want to spend the extra money to do the blue effects on him when they're already having to do sand with Thomas Hayden Church. You, you get what I'm saying? No, no, no. I don't. I don't think he should have been blue. I thought it was good that he wasn't blue anymore. I'm saying that when he reverted back to getting over? his body. Yeah, I think he should have looked the same. Oh, I because mean, I think it's—I think you can change his personality because it makes sense. He's yeah. on a different power grid. It's kind of stabilized him, yeah. mentally because you know he's kind of become energy. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fucking stupid how the uh, the new energy gave him a physical makeover. <laughs> when he well, turned back into a person. I mean, he lost his body in the last. You know, like. Yeah, no, and that makes sense. But, like, if his body is rebuilding itself, I don't know how I get... I just think it's stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, if his body is rebuilding itself, it might as well rebuild it better when you have all this energy, you know? Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's a nitpick, but I think it's stupid. That's funny. Yeah, no, I get you. I get it. <laughs> I thought you were talking about you wanted him to be blue. And I'm like, I agree. No, I, I didn't can get want on board with this. I love the blue. <laughs> no, I didn't want him to be blue. I, I, I did like um, how... They kind of harken back to the mask with his electricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, like classic electro mm-hmm. mask. That was cool. That was cool. Um, I thought it was kind of. That was a cool way to do that. Side note. I thought it was kind of funny how you could tell that they were still trying to figure out which, what kind of voice they wanted to give Jamie Foxx when he was using his powers. Because yeah. in one of the trailers. So like in the in the first trailers where we hear him talk, he just sounds normal, right? And then in the, mm-hmm. and then I think it was a second like or some teaser or something. There was like, 
he just sounded like pitched down. He's like, "How oh, you like the new, new?" You know, like it sounded. Yeah. <laughs> and then in this one, in the actual movie, they just sort of went with like a bass boosted. You want to do that again? Yeah. How you like the new new? <laughs> I, I'm not doing it very well. I understand. What are you talking about? What do you not know what I'm talking about? No, I know absolutely what you're oh. talking about. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, yeah, I thought how it ended up in the final cut was the best way to do. I it. agree. I agree. Yeah. Um. I'm a little disappointed. I thought that they would kind of do a little bit more. It's you know it's one of those things where it's packed full, so they had to sacrifice it. Mm-hmm. But I wish they would have kind of added a little bit more with the arc reactor. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I wish that that would have gave him some crazy ass shit. Yeah, it really just kind of made him be able to teleport. Is all I could kind of yeah, see. Yeah, because it, it feels like that that should have been like, oh shit, like this is when. Yeah. Especially the way that the arc reactors are treated in all of the other MCU movies. Like, yeah. It's like the end of the universe, mm-hmm. if you get that thing. Mm-hmm. It really, it's it's so funny because I, I almost felt like when he shows up at the Statue of Liberty that maybe that would be the, uh, like, um, like he would become like the main villain because he was so yeah. OP, you know. Nope, Doc Ock just rips it. Out. Yep. <laughs> I guess his metal tentacles are yeah impervious to electricity. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but you know we've talked about the villains a little bit. I think we need to, and we talked about Toby and Andrew. I think we need to go through and and talk about you know cameos versus meaningful story additions. Yes. You know what did we think? We're good. What do we think? And I think the one that always comes to mind is the Matt Murdock. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought a lot about it. So when I first saw it, you know, I was hype. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. I love Daredevil. Mm-hmm. I love Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock. Um, and when I first thought about it, I was super hype. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then in between my first and second viewing, I kind of was like, well, it's a little bit shoehorned. Yep. I think it might be a little, like, much. Yeah. But then when I watched it again, and I kind of thought back to, you know, that original, like, Stan Lee, Steve Ditko run of Spider-Man comics. Yeah. I I, I think I came around to it. Okay. Because that kind of shit happens all the time. Yeah. Where, like, they just show up as, like, a, oh, I'm here to be your... Mm-hmm. Um, lawyer and i thought it was done in a very tasteful way i think it would have been stupid if he would have came back at the end oh i agree i agree it would have been Um, it wouldn't have made narrative sense but i think that that was really good and kind of expanding the world more yeah so my opinion on the matt murdoch cameo is of course i'm always hyped to see charlie cox back in the role um he's did an incredible job in the daredevil series um but I'm on the side that it it felt shoehorned in and and not here. Okay. Let me, let me, let me back up a little bit. So him as the lawyer Mm. makes sense. I really like that. However, that kind of just resolves itself like that, which I get they need that. That's not the point of the movie. They got to move on into the next thing. But so that's kind of where I was. Maybe I was kind of sad that he wasn't in it more, but my main issue with that scene was when he catches the brick and he's like, I'm a really good lawyer. That was, that to me just felt like fan service shoehorned in because if you don't know that he's Daredevil, 
then it's like like I had a lot of friends that I that went to see it and they're like who was who was the dude who caught the like who was the lawyer like I don't understand what like they he felt like this important character but I don't know who it is and like you know it, since the people right. in the room they don't know who Daredevil is right then it, it that felt like oh they're just kind of like haha he's Daredevil you know that was kind of where right I, I kind of no, had an issue I, because there's, like, so much fan service in this movie, but, like, a lot of it is, like, good fan service, and I felt like that kind of was a little, like... And I can see your point. Out. It was a little bit on the lower mm-hmm. end. So, I can see your point with that, and maybe I've just become so jaded by Marvel's past attempts mm-hmm. to do shit like that, where it's way overdone, mm-hmm. that, like, I thought that little moment was so inoffensive that it was fine. You know what I mean? Like, I agree with yeah. your point. I don't think that it really served any higher purpose. Yeah. But I wasn't really that offended by it. I thought it was fine. Oh, no. No. Um, And especially because I've seen worse done with the same MCU shit. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 a critique for me. But it's, I mean, of course, you know, one small thing isn't going to make or break a movie. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I'm sure you probably feel the same way towards that that I do with Electro not having his coat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, okay, so in, in more cameos and meaningful story editions, the villains, you know, the ones we talked mm-hmm. about, Toby and Andrew, I thought were meaningful. I was worried yes. that it was going to be stupid. Yes. Um, I thought Wong was okay, but I also thought that just kind of took time. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I agree. I'm, what I'm hoping, so what I want to happen is I, I want Wong to be, like, in every Marvel movie, just briefly, just to, you know, because, like, in Shang-Chi, where he's in it for, like, two seconds. He's just you know? in it, yeah. Because he's such a fun character, and, it you know, it's not anything meaningful. Sure, I, I'll admit that. But it's just, it's, like, a fun kind of through line, you know? I I like right. when it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of, like, in Shang-Chi, the guy on the bus who's, like, narrating the fight between shang chi and the uh, yeah and he's like the same guy that in Ho- spider-man homecoming was like do a flip you know yeah mm-hmm. and i can and i can see that but i think that's a little different because that's not like a established Marvel yeah no it's not you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah no i agree so he, like he wasn't a very meaningful it was more it felt more to be like oh this is where dr strange is at you know wong is you know, Sorcerer Supreme now, and then it was also kind of like Wong was sort of the, uh, um, uh, what's the word, um, soothsayer or whatever, you know, like the, 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 the character that's warning, like, don't do that, that crosses the boundaries between known and unknown, right. you know, like sort of foreshadowing character, right. but. Which I, which I thought that, like, Doctor Strange did that. Because, you know, at the when he's doing the spell, yeah. and eventually when Peter is being a jackass, he goes, get the fuck out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but this was kind of like before anything goes wrong, you know? Like, he's the, sort of the one that's like, it's it's like, you know, in the horror movies when the kids are going to the cabin in the woods and then they stop at a gas station and then the, the guy's like, Oh, you're going to that cabin? Well, well, well you gotta be, yeah, be careful. You could die in those woods, right. you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> um, but I agree, right. it, it it didn't really seem to serve too much. They could have easily just made Doctor Strange like, are you, you know, kind of be the same way? Explain it, yeah, because he used to be the Sorcerer Supreme, so he should know that shit. Exactly. Which that I know we're in cameos, but just like that kind of reminds me of one other little critique I have. Uh, <laughs> Just story-wise, 
I don't under I just don't understand why Doctor Strange wouldn't explain to Peter that this is gonna make everybody in the world forget that he's Spider Man. Like, yeah, not like one single sentence to be like, hey, just, you know, your friends they're not gonna remember who you are. Like, are you sure you want to do this kind of? Yeah, thing? why he wouldn't say that? Right. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, he's waiting until the spell is in action. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, or yeah, not even that his friends wouldn't remember. He didn't tell him. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna remember. Gonna remember. You are. Yeah, you'll you'll need to get the fuck out of here real quick, or just tell me right away what happened. But yeah, yeah. Um, so, but anyway, um, uh, Wong. Yes. So I mean, I thought that was, and I can't think. Were there any other cameos? I'm Tom missing? Hardy at the end as Venom. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I thought that was fun. That was. I fun. thought that was fun. How they kind of let it on in in his movie like he was yeah. gonna be a big part of it and then he's just getting drunk in a bar and yeah then he leaves. <laughs> yeah that was that was very funny um it's also funny because i had a lot of people ask me um they're like oh why did he show up i like because in the venom verse you know he doesn't know who spider-man is and then I was like, oh, did you watch Let There Be Carnage? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, well, they have a line in the end credit scene where Venom's like, I have a hive mind, so I have, you know, infinite knowledge of across right. all the symbiotes across, you know, multiple universes. So, and right. that's when he sees Tom Holland, he says, this guy. So he recognizes him. So it's Venom that gets pulled in. So that that was kind of funny, just like people who didn't, you know, watch the Let There Be Carnage end credit scene right. being like, what? why is this guy here? Like, wh- how does he know Spider-Man, you know? <laughs> right. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, like, little nods to things. Yeah. Uh, like, the little Miles Morales nod I thought was funny. Yes, yes. There's got to be a black Spider-Man somewhere. Well, he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're a kid from Queens helping poor people. I really thought you'd be black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought that one was fine. Um I can't really think of any other cameos or anything. I mean, they didn't have a lot of time. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, you kind of me- mentioned it earlier. What do you think is the best scene? Cause I know what's the best scene in the movie, but I want to hear what you think is the best scene first. Um, let me think about it. The best scene in the movie for me I'm going to stick with my original answer. I would say, well, okay. So, so I have one scene that I think is the best scene and I have one scene that for me, I enjoyed the most. Um, okay. So the best scene that I think in the entire movie was Spider-Man or Peter Parker getting the Spidey sense in the condo, um, including the fight with Green Goblin. I think that was all right. That whole, I mean, that that maybe that counts as like multiple scenes, but I think that stretch, all the way through May's death, um, was the best sequence of this entire film. But okay, the scene that I enjoyed the most was just the three Spider Man talking, you know, about different villains they faced, you know, uh, yeah, how Toby, Toby Spider Man can shoot it out of him. You know, it's funny, it's fun, it feels so real because like this is definitely shit that peter parker would you know be talking about with himself you know right um just like kind of yeah anyway so that that i every time i see that scene it's just like yeah this is good shit this is good shit (laughs) i see i see yeah what about you um 
So, best scene in the movie, by far, and I think probably up there for best MCU scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it is best MCU scene, but one of them, mm-hmm. along with Avengers Assemble, and you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Is mm-hmm. that moment right after May dies, mm-hmm. and he's watching the Daily Bugle pro- mm-hmm. like thing when it's raining, and he's finally realizing... Mm-hmm. The consequences of what it means to be Spider-Man right. to those around you. That was the vi- that was visually the most stunning scene I would say in that movie. I thought, yeah, visually in terms of character building, mm-hmm. in terms of you know development of the story of the overall story from yeah. his all three of his movies. Yeah, I thought that was the moment that was the moment that gave me goosebumps as he's watching this. Yeah, and he's realizing, I get it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know in, throughout the entire movie he's being like, I've done nothing wrong. You know, I've you know I've I don't dis- and throughout the past two movies. Yeah. you know things fall apart. Somebody bails him out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And at this moment, I mean, it's like he's finally... I think that was the moment he became Spider-Man. Yeah. And and that was the moment to me... I mean, that was on par with when Andrew saved the kid yeah. off the bridge. You know? Yeah. That was his turning point. Yeah. And, and I... That, to me, felt like the most quintessential Spider-Man moment that he's had. Yeah. No, that that's a great scene. Yeah, there's no... There's just you can see so and and that's what I kind of talk about Tom Holland's acting. Mm-hmm. You can see so many emotions on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also thought his his scene at the end where he decides not to um, reveal himself to MJ and Ned. I thought his acting in that scene was great. Yeah, he did. His acting was incredible there. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that is my best scene, and I think that's up there at least top three scenes in Marvel in the MCU. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would say that the uh you know, the Spidey Sense scene through the fight with Goblin is easily top three for me for Marvel. And I thought that was fun. I really liked it. And that's up there. Just along with all three Spider Man landing on the Statue of Liberty together, that was also fun. Yeah, that was you know? Yeah, but that that was fun in like I feel like in a cinematic sense. Right. The scene where he's like walking around the condo, just like the way that they did it, that the, you know, how all of a sudden you From have a film this, perspective. you have this, you have the, you know, Peter Parker's walking around this condo. He's like trying to figure out what's wrong because he can feel that something's wrong. And there's this shot where it's focused on his face. And in the background, you see blurred out every single villain in May. And then all of a sudden in that moment, I just... That I was like, I just realized the immense danger that he just like that that he put May in by by doing this. You know, there are five right. villains in one condo, and I remember that moment. My heart just sank because I'm like, wow, like the stakes just like because like they're like condensed in this one small room, and then you have Willem Dafoe come in and like heighten that tension with his incredible acting. Right. Yeah. That just for me was it 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 just yeah, flew over the top. And that's crazy too because that like all every scene that we're talking about happens before Toby and Andrew show up 
Yeah, when, exactly. It's all Tom moments. Exactly. And then when they show up, that's when like it becomes like electric and like fun and like, you know, crazy exciting, which is is I think was perfectly done because it you know, Tom Peter Tom Holland's Peter Parker, you know, after May dies is in a very very dark place obviously. Um right. But Toby and Andrew, they don't show up only to, like, you know, show Tom Holland what it means to be Spider-Man, to, like, sort of guide him, um, you know, through this moment that he's experiencing. But they're also showing up because the tone of the movie is in danger of just becoming too dark and serious. And so they're coming in and they're, like, injecting some more fun and flavor into the story so that it doesn't... right. It doesn't make the movie, you know, turn into like a dark night type, you know, darkness, which I think would contrast way too much with the tone of the entire trilogy, you know? Right. So I thought that their choice to bring them in at that moment was just impeccable. Well, so then let's 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 move on to say to talk about do you think this was a good Spider-Man movie? Um, so for me, I, I mean, I have limited knowledge because I, I've not read any of the comics, but you're not the God of Spider-Man. I'm not the God of Spider-Man like you are, Jake. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for those of you out there, uh, Sam and I were having a debate. I think this is the night before he got married. <laughs> yep, it was. <laughs> and I just said, I don't think the Tom Holland movies are good Spider-Man movies. And Sam goes, well, what, I, I didn't realize you were the fucking God of Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care that much. I was just, I was just giving him shit. But that had to be one of the funniest things I had ever heard. <laughs> that was a fun night. Um, but so based on what I've seen uh, of you know the Tobey Maguire movies and what I think works in as as a, as a story for Spider Man Peter Parker, I think yes, I think this is a great um, you know Spider Man story. It really it delves into i think what they what where they faltered before with spider-man is they just kind of gave him all these resources like right away you know like he has Mm -hmm. the the eye you know the iron suit the uh you know he has all like those glasses and the last the nanotech yeah exactly he has all this stuff that like and he's like fighting aliens and like you know cosmic you know entities and all this stuff whereas it's like that's what i what i always hear is you know friendly neighborhood spider-man like spider-man's whole thing is looking out for his neighborhood looking out for new york city you know like he fights sure big big threats that you know threaten this giant city but it still is like this is like what he does it's more on a smaller scale but in this movie really kind of it, it brings them back to that. You know, I felt like that was right. really well done. But, um, yeah, so I would say yes. What about you? So this movie made me feel very vindicated because <laughs> every time I've had to be the asshole in the room oh my gosh. and say that I didn't think the first two Tom Holland were good Spider-Man movies, mm-hmm. and everybody goes, oh, excuse me, um, <laughs> and I look like the asshole. Uh this was what I was looking for. Yeah. This was a good Spider-Man movie. Uh-huh. So 
um, I think we've debated over this before, but the importance of the Uncle Ben moment, right? Yeah. Into shifting his character. Yeah. So they didn't have Uncle Ben, but the same thing was achieved through May. Yeah. She died as a result of his actions. Yeah. You know, he chose to bring all of the villains there mm-hmm. rather than leaving them in Doctor Strange's place and then just bringing them the cures, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so she died, and that was the consequence of it. And it caused him to shift dramatically as a character. Yeah. And that's what he needed. Um, everything he did for himself backfired. Everything he did to try to serve him backfired. And that's why at the end, when he realized, which, and that's kind of getting into part of that, the whole issue of consent with the MJ thing. Yeah. You know, because she knew. She knew what she got herself into. Yeah. And she wanted to still be involved. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. Is it really his choice? Yeah. Sure. Um, but he's still a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but making that decision, whether that's the right decision or the wrong decision, or whether that's the good or bad decision, that's just a, a Spider-Man type of decision. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just what he would do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and so, when I left this... I mean, I don't know about you, but this movie was significantly better than the first two movies. Oh, absolutely. Miles ahead. And I think it's and I think it's for all of the reasons that I was having issues with the first two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do feel a little bit vindicated. I do think this is a great Spider-Man story. And for listeners out there, I'm in the process of making a video of what makes a good Spider-Man mm. or a good Spider-Man story. So if you want to hear me ramble a little bit more about it <laughs> and then you want to go over there and leave comments and tell me I'm stupid, you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that is my thought yeah. on that topic. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about uh, the f- how this affects like the future of MCU stuff. And then we can talk about how this affects the future of Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, MCU stuff. Uh, nobody remembers he's Spider-Man. Yep. That'll be fun to see, you know, him sort of have to reintroduce himself. Because um, I'm assuming they're going to keep him in, you know, future Avengers things. Like, well, they'd have to. They yeah. have to. Um, he's based, He's the most popular character in the MCU, easily. Um, yeah. That much Well, so clear. then, here's the other question. So does Captain Marvel and Nick Fury still remember who he is? Because wasn't the spell like everybody in the universe? In the world. Was it just the world? The 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 spell was everybody in the world forget that Spider-Man. Is oh, Peter then Parker. yeah, then Nick Fury still does. Because they made a point of saying Nick Fury is off world. And sure, that was to, you know, sort of, you know... Uh, validate the fact that you know spider-man's being investigated but at the same time if, yeah i i couldn't remember the wording because if they did the wording everybody in the world because i thought it was the universe and that's why it was affecting you know the fabric of reality you know uh-uh so because i um i i looked out for it the second time mm-hmm. it is the world okay and so the reason it worked is because it blocked off that world gotcha okay so everybody in that world Forgot that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. Huh. So Nick Fury probably still knows. So then he'll... <laughs> that'll be interesting to see him come back and be like, what the... F- why, like... Right. 
why is this person not exist? Why can't I find him anywhere? But what's interesting, yeah, is not only did they f- forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, they forgot who Peter Parker is as a person. Yeah. He doesn't exist as a person. So, but Spider-Man still exists. Exactly. So that, to me, I mean, I understand it, but at the same time, I feel like it's going to be difficult for them in future Spider-Man movies to sort of explain that because does he still have a social security number? What do Ned and MJ think they were doing at the <laughs> does Statue of Liberty? His social security. Right. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> is she still paying his taxes? <laughs> exactly. Are well, you serious? That's the first thing you can Okay, well how can he how can he how can he get an apartment? How can he get an apartment, Jake? If if like everybody Did you have to show your social security card to get your You apartment? have to put your social security number down. Yes. Have you I never had to. Really? Okay, but you lived in Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but every time I have, I have had to put my social security number down. Okay. And like to do Mr. Mortgage Processor no, over here. To get a, <laughs> to get a job, Jake, to get a job, you have to put your social security number down. I just use my passport. <laughs> no, you that's not, you literally have to put your social security number down. I have never put my social security number on any Are you kidding me? I've always used my passport. Are you Yeah. No, 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 not on the application when you get the job. They need yeah. your they need your social security number. Maybe I have. Yes. No, they absolutely do. I can promise you. I can absolutely promise you. I believe you. you. You work in finance. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, to get to get a bank account, you need to ha- you need to your they need to see. Well, okay, that that may not be true actually. Um, anyway, well, I don't think he's got a lot of cash. Yes, regardless, there are a lot of things that I'm like. If everybody forgets who he is, what happened to the mural in the high school? You know, with him and Spider Man. Um, I think those would go away. The hours so, okay, of footage, so, but like, yeah, I don't know. Like, why did this? Why did th- the like? Why? I think if we're willing to believe that people from other multiple realities are able to disappear back to their reality, that we could also believe that these evidence, this evidence, is gone as well. Well, yeah, but I'm just thinking, like, you know, Doctor Strange. What what spell did he? Does he think he did? You know, like, why did why does he think he was at the Statue of Liberty? How did how like why does he think that those villains showed up in the first place? I don't know, man. You know, I, I'm not I'm not saying that, like, I'm, you know, these are make it or break it moments for me. But these are these are questions that I do have. And I'm curious to see if they try to explain them or if they just kind of move on, which I, I'm fine if they just try to move on. Sure. But um, what I think still is more interesting mm-hmm. is uh, I don't know if you saw on Marvel's website, but they've officially listed Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man as characters. Yeah. And they had they released some um, promo art too. Yeah, so because I think Tobey Maguire is friendly neighborhood Spider Man, and uh, Andrew Garfield is obviously amazing mm-hmm. Spider Man. Yeah. Um. So what we know from that is now we know for sure that Spider Man Two is the best MCU movie. Yes. There is. <laughs> oh, you're gonna. Oh, this is gonna make you shit a brick. Okay, so I saw this tweet. Oh my gosh, it, this pissed me off so much. It said, I can't believe that Andrew Garfield has the best first Spider-Man movie, Tobey Maguire has the best second Spider-Man movie, and Tom Holland has the best third Spider-Man movie. And I was like, hold on. All right, the second two, sure. Uh, 
Andrew Garfield absolutely does not have the best first Spider-Man movie. It's not even close. Homecoming was better. Right. And you're telling me that, yeah, Homecoming is better. (laughs) But you're telling me that um, that Andrew Garfield's first Spider-Man movie is better than Green Goblin or Willem Dafoe? Exactly. The introduction of Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin. Are you kidding me? Uh-uh. That last that last scene in that first Spider-Man movie where they're just beating the fucking oh hell out gosh, of each other. Yeah. It makes that that scene alone makes it a better movie than Andrew Garfield's yeah. first Spider-Man no. movie. No no offense to Andrew Garfield. He was just an underutilized actor, I think, in those movies. No, he was a good actor. The yeah. movies sucked though. Yeah, the movies were not good. And I it's so funny how nostalgia can make people, you know, you validate somebody's nostalgia and they get like these like really shitty opinions, you know, like oh yeah, yeah. The ama- now people are seeing just how good the Amazing Spider-Man movies are. No, no, we're just appreciating that Andrew Garfield's being being utilized in a much better way now than he was. Yeah, at- Andrew Garfield was never the problem. No, he was never the problem. <laughs> I, but I also hate Spider-Man stories like that, where it's like Peter's parents like made the fucking spiders, or I hate that shit. That yeah, that I I mean I don't know much about the comics and how that works there, but like when that they, happens when they, in the um, when they were Ultimate like Ultimate Spider-Man line. Oh really? Because it just mm-hmm. it just felt like it's like it felt like a different story. It felt like some sort of espionage shit, and I'm like that doesn't feel like Spider-Man, you know? Like yeah, I yeah, it's the that's that happens in the ultimate spider-man line and it's stupid because the whole you know you go back to the whole point of the character is that it could happen to anybody yeah which is what makes these human moments where he fails and he has consequences for these self-serving actions makes them impactful because it could be it could be anybody exactly yeah um but yeah i thought that was stupid um but the other thing that oh here's my critique from no way home um so I heard that when Toby got stabbed, he was supposed to die, right? <laughs> that would make sense. But Kevin Feige wants to keep them around because they're going to make continuations of their series. Yeah. So they're going to make Amazing Spider-Man 3 and Spider-Man 4. Here's what I'll tell you. If Toby died in that scene, that would have been so fucking stupid. That would have been the dumbest like, thing. Not because I care about Toby or anything, no. but just like Spider-Man dies, but it's not really our Spider-Man. Right. So it exactly. No, that would be so <laughs> shitty because it's like, it's so funny because it's like, you don't have the right to kill off Toby Maguire's Spider-Man. No offense. <laughs> But well, like, not only that, it doesn't serve any purpose. No. Like, we just saw this guy. <laughs> He's just a cameo. Why are you... Like, he doesn't even have much... Like, outside of them bonding over, you know, Uncle Ben. And, like, you know, the great... When with great power comes great responsibility. They really don't... Toby Maguire really doesn't have that much... Like, he's... Like, we already have one death to propel Tom Holland. Like, we don't need another, you know? Yeah, and I also thought it was kind of stupid how he got stabbed. I don't know what purpose that served. No, that was I was I, I remember everybody in the theater just went, <gasps> and every single person's like, "Oh, he's gonna die!" And then all of a sudden, he's just like, "No, I've been stabbed before." <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, that then, whole part was dumb. Then why? Why? I don't know what they were doing. Which him holding the glider was his best moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, where he just he's able to communicate. He's it without just staring at him calmly, just like. Yeah, you know, you know, he's been there before. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, no, um, that that was great. But he didn't need to get stabbed. <laughs> that was just so funny. Every time yeah, that happens, I'm like, OK, all right. It's pretty stupid. 
Um, let's talk about moving forward for Spider-Man. We talked about Venom a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to be way more likely to adopt the symbiote now that he doesn't have the Stark technology. Yes. Because the symbiote makes him stronger, yes. and I think he's going to be searching to try to keep up with what he was able to do. Yeah. I... Um, I'm so excited for the future of Spider-Man um, because it's just gonna, it just looks like it's going to be just like this bare bones, you know, Spider-Man using a police scanner. He's sewing his own suit, which the new blue and red suit is really fucking cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of the beginning. That scene there reminded me a lot of the beginning of the PS4 game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're totally right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that kind of back to basics. Mm-hmm. No, um, be, I also, cool. I also, they were really shoving down your throat the whole Ned Hobgoblin thing. They really were that. I mean, it was funny and all, but it it it, it it's like now I'm I don't know if I'm going to be able to take it seriously if they do end up doing that. You know. Wait, what are you referring to? When he's like, I promise I won't become a supervillain and try to kill you. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah. I was talking about, so the color the, schemes he's wearing throughout the movie oh. are are orange and like that teal blue, like the Hobgoblin. Okay. And then when they're in his house, uh-huh. you know? Oh, yeah, they show the sewing machine. Yep, and they also show all of the like knives and shurikens. Yes, yes. Which so felt, that's how I knew. Yeah, which is which is funny because that that also just feels so out of place because it's his his Lola's place, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like he just has um, all these knives, but that was a that was also a really fun scene. Um, yeah, yeah, where she's throwing the bread at him. Yeah, <laughs> I do have the tingle, just not for bread. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, I mean. Is there anything else we can say about No Way Home? Um, I mean, it it was really cool to see this kind of story, but now that I've seen it, it makes me kind of more sad about the other two and how they, you know, didn't do something like this. Like it felt like those two movies are just building up to this, you know. So have you heard the um rumor about uh avi arad um who's that so uh you don't know who avi arad is is that the guy from ted lasso no (laughs) um avi arad is uh he is like a is like a producer. He's involved with Spider Man stuff. Oh, and so what you'll know about him is he took over control and ha- made him get his own way for Spider Man Three. Oh, of course. So okay. he's the one that shoehorned Venom in. Yep. Mm. Um, and then he did the same thing for Amazing Spider Man Two. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you read like the leaked emails about like the Amazing Spider Man Three and stuff? No, I didn't. Tell me, tell me, tell yeah. me. So it was gonna be a, um, it was gonna be a uh, like build up to a Sinister Six movie, 
uh, Peter was going to get the symbiote. Um, and there was going to be like a part of it where, uh, he was going to go see the sinister six and they were going to make fun of him because his black suit looks stupid and he was going to cry. That was in the email. What? Um, what? Yeah. And then what would happen is, um, why is, yeah, I don't know. And then I guess he would need the sinister six help to beat like carnage or something. Uh, and then the Sinister Six were going to have their own movie where they were going to kind of be like assassins for hire. That I heard about that. That is some dumb shit. You can, mm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, so Avi Arad kind of controls everything. And so he was really in control for Homecoming and Far From Home. Well, so there's been some leaked stuff coming out that uh, he apparently did not allow um, like Kevin Feige or any of Marvel to use uncle Ben to use that whole origin story. They were not allowed to mention with great power comes great responsibility. What? Yeah. Because he was going to save it for something in Sony. Right. Oh, of course. God. Um, so, the no way home was the first movie where they did not allow Avi Arad to have any say in it. Well, look how that like that, that kind of worked out. Right. Jesus. Um and so that kind of uh Yeah, he also like um Avi Arad also he took out Uncle Ben cuz apparently at Homecoming Uncle Ben was supposed to be the big part of it, but he took it out and made them use Iron Man. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it was a whole deal, but yeah. that's why in the end credits, there's that huge like note to him as like a fuck you. Oh, his credit is the filmmakers would like to gratefully acknowledge the original true believer, Avi Arad, whose vision led the way to bringing these iconic characters to the screen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why the rumor is now. MCU has full ability to do whatever they want in terms of Spider-Man. Oh, man. The endless, so, the endless possibilities. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm excited. So it seems like the deal they came up with was you guys continue doing Tobey Maguire, you guys continue doing Andrew Garfield, we're, we'll continue doing Tom Holland... And then yeah. we'll come together and just make a shitload of money every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, because I guess Kevin Feige wants Toby and Andrew to come back in the MCU. Yeah, yeah, I, I read about that too. Which that'll be that'll be cool. It'll be cool to see him like. I think it'll of, be kind of stupid. <laughs> it'll be cool to like see him explore it, but yeah, it's definitely just gonna be. They've already done it. They, you know what yeah, I mean? it's just it's just gonna be more fan service. I. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um. But anything else you have left to say for for No Way Home? Um, a lot of fun. Um, I think as a Spider-Man story, it's great. As a movie, it's really good uh, and fun. Um, but it's 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 chock full of fan service, which I think is very good in this movie. But like, if mm-hmm. if you're not 
if you're if you're not really interested in comic movies at all, it's not gonna bring you back in. It's gonna, not gonna like be like, oh, now I'm gonna be a comic book fan, you know? Um, right. And there are some critiques that I have of it, but I think overall, I fully enjoyed it. I enjoyed it enough to see it three times in the theater. Um, so definitely, definitely making it in my top five Marvel movies. I think I'll have to think more on it, but. Um, yeah. No, it's definitely made it into mine, my top five. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I kind of feel similarly. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be a digital force podcast if we didn't talk about what? Sexy Knuckles. That's right. So the Sonic Movie 2 trailer <laughs> dropped. <laughs> um, and Idris Elba was wrong. Knuckles is sexy. Yeah. Oh, man, that Cockney accent, you know? So the trailer was actually surprisingly interesting. <laughs> yeah. It was much better than the first ever trailer for the Sonic it, movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> watching it. have come a long way. Yeah, honestly, it really has. Um, But there was lots of cool little... So, okay. So we have confirmed Tails' voice actor is Colleen O'Shaughnessy. Mm-hmm. Which is good. That's the one they have for the games right now. Which is fine. I mean, it. I think they. I think they're all fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't really have a preference. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. There was lots of little like nods and Easter eggs, uh, like when they're in the like, like underground spot with the big blades. It kind of looked like Marble Zone. Okay. Um. When he's snowboarding, it's kind of like ice cap zone. And then mm. Tails is driving the tornado. That's what his plane is called. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So there's lots of levels in Sonic games where you have to ride on top of Tails' plane. Okay, cool. So yeah, that that'll work out. I mean, it looks like they're really, you know, if there's one thing that I think the Sonic movies are gonna do, be based on what they did with the first one, it's it's gonna be rewarding longtime fans. Yeah, um, it also looks like they're going to kind of go with the Sonic 3 plotline a little bit, where Knuckles is tricked by Eggman into being a bad guy, mm. and then I think he's going to turn out to be a good guy, mm. but um, it is kind of cool how uh, Knuckles is just as powerful, <laughs> Yeah, if not more powerful than Sonic. Yeah, I mean, he's more powerful because he's sexy, you know, that... That That's right. Cockney accent, more like cock me, ac- <laughs> in the accent. I'm sorry, that was that was real dumb. Um. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we also know that um, so that emerald they show in it mm-hmm. in the trailer. I did. You've seen the trailer, right? Mm-hmm. I sure have. I did. Uh, well, first of all, he's got his mustache. Yeah, the big ass mustache like the game he's Mm -hmm. not fat but i mean whatever i think it's fine um so the big emerald he's holding i was i wasn't sure if that was going to be the master emerald or the chaos or one of the chaos emeralds Mm -hmm. because it looks fucking huge the chaos emeralds usually you can like fit in your hand oh but the master emerald is also typically a lot bigger like it's usually like person sized okay you know oh huh so it's kind of in the Um, middle of those yeah, well, uh, the director confirmed it's the Master Emerald. Ah. Uh, which will be good. Yeah. Um, which is why Knuckles makes sense, because in the games, he's his job is to protect the Master Emerald. Gotcha. 
I'm anxious to see what they do with it. I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. I don't really have much else to say about yeah. it other than that. Did you see the poster for it? The um, playing on the Matrix. It was like the red quill or the blue quill. <laughs> I did not. It's it's very it's it's honestly it's very clever. It's very funny. I'll send it to you on Twitter. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Well, uh, for those of you listening, if you ever want us to talk about something on our podcast, you have any suggestions, thoughts, you just want to give us your thoughts, we'd love to read, um, and we'll do whatever you want. That's not true. Uh, if you email <laughs> us, um, digitalforestmedia at gmail.com, uh, that's digitalforestmedia at gmail.com. Yeah. Send us a send us an email. Message us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. At D Forest Media. Uh, that's the letter D Forest Media. That's what we are on Twitter. You can just look at us up on Facebook. Just Digital Forest. Um, you find a green tree, you're there. Um, you know, you'll you, yeah. you'll see it on your phone right now. You're listening to this podcast. So that's right. All right. Well, All right. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. If you celebrate Christmas. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, um, stay safe out there, you know, the world is a terrible place. That's right. <laughs> um, we'll catch you all next time. All right, see ya.